Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. To see if you are good enough to get into school and to go to the next level. And that first cut was made when you recited verbatim, word for word, the entire book of Leviticus. And these were judged by the rabbis who would be teaching in that school. If you missed one word, or if you messed up a phrase, you didn't make the cut. And at age six, you were cut from the program for life. And told to go back home, learn a trade, grow up in a family business. Much as the football players, the youth football, you know, if they have tryouts and you don't get picked, you feel so bad. That's the way it was for these boys. But if you were picked, if you were, if you recited the entire book of Leviticus, and I, I dare say most of us would not make the cut even as grown folk. How many of you can recite the book of Leviticus? And word for word. I mean, some of you can't even find the book of Leviticus in, in the Bible. Amen. <laughs> but if you did make the cut at this age, and like I said, most of the time there was no written books. You, didn't, you couldn't sit there and memorize you know, the first paragraph over and over and over. It was oral teaching. Your ability to comprehend oral teachings, retain it for thought, and then give it back. And for poorer families, it was the father's responsibility to teach his young sons the oral tradition. And you started with the book of Leviticus. For more affluent families, you could hire the tutors, the best teachers, to do this training. I dare say that is what happened to Jesus. What do you mean, Brother Bob? I thought you know his father was a carpenter. Let's go back and look. Remember at age two what happened? The three wise men, as we're told, but there was the Magi, they came and gave gifts to Jesus' parents. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The equivalent value in today's money would be somewhere around a couple million dollars. And then they moved to Egypt until the angel told them to come back when Herod was dead. That money, what would it be used for? You know, as a parent, your child is the son of God. Somebody special. And then out of nowhere, these three kings come and give you unimaginable wealth for your family. You know... You had to leave town in a hurry because the angel said that 
the king of your nation is coming to kill this child. And as you leave town in the middle of the night, carrying this wealth with you, fleeing into a foreign land to seek refuge there, you hear that every child in the area under age two, the age of your child, was killed. You would know that these things are true, that your son is special. So you would use that money to hire the best teacher that money could buy. And Jesus, growing up, he learned the book of Leviticus word for word. So at age six, he was selected to go to the elementary school for rabbis. This elementary school is called Bet Sefar. It's basically the school of the book. And from age six to age 12... They would memorize, these children would memorize the entire first five books of the Bible word for word. That's the Torah. That's the book that the rabbis understand. And in order to understand it, you got to know what's in it. To know what's in it, you got to memorize it. So for six years, they are taught how to memorize the first five books of Moses, the Torah. And at age 12, to graduate from this elementary school, you have to recite word for word the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Word for word. Which is, This test is also administered by the rabbis and probably some of the priests. That's in order to graduate. And at graduation time, once you demonstrate you know the first five books of the Bible and you receive your graduation certificate, you now have permission to apply to the official rabbi school. And the entrance to the official rabbi school is a test on the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. Oh, wait a minute, Brother Bob. You said that to graduate from elementary school, they had to recite the first five books of the Bible. How could that also be the admissions test? Because memorizing something and understanding something are two separate things. The first five books of the Bible, the Torah, had to be recited word for word in order to graduate from elementary school. Now to go to the school of the rabbi or the school of the book, I'm sorry, that's elementary school. To go to the school of the rabbi, that part, you had to carry on a conversation. Understanding questions and answering questions with understanding. Being able to keep the conversation going about God. Pulling scriptures from the Torah and using them to reinforce your point. Was administered by the priests and senior rabbis. If you passed that test, then you were allowed to be ministered and taught by a rabbi. Amen. Excuse me. Once you passed that test, 
You were sent into a special building where you would sit and wait. Because the rabbi school would go until age 30. At age 30 is where you graduated from from rabbi school. But this type of school now, you had to be hand-selected. Oh, you memorized the Torah. You demonstrated you had an understanding of it. Now you're sent into this location with all the other 12-year-olds from all of Judea. And you're waiting. And here come the graduating rabbis, one by one. They're entering this school, this room, this building and room that you are waiting in. They may even ask some additional questions to grasp your understanding. And then the rabbis would say, now these are the new rabbis, they would now pick their students that they wanted to teach. And they would say, follow me. They point at another one and say, follow me. They would point at another one and say, follow me, follow me, follow me. And then he, they would lead their little group out. And for the next 18 years, these 12-year-old boys growing up into being a man would be taught personally by these rabbis. They would be taught what their rabbi taught them. Just like this group that is now following this, their new rabbi would be taught by him, they will graduate and teach others what their rabbi taught them. Amen. That's how traditions are handed down in that culture. <clears throat> the ability to ask questions and keep the conversation going was the defining moment in this 12-year-old boy's life to prove he had what it take to be a rabbi. Amen? Now think about Jesus at age 12 and what the Bible says happened. Amen. Think about it. Remember his parents went up to Jerusalem as the custom was to give their offering of sacrifice and then the you know because of robbers and looters and all that they would travel in in packs or you know trains of people going back home thinking that Jesus was in the crowd probably with some relatives they didn't think anything of it and they went a full day's journey and then they started looking for him come nightfall and he wasn't there they frantically searched all the camp and he wasn't there. So the next day they headed another day's journey back to Jerusalem, getting there probably at nightfall. And the next day, they're searching all of Jerusalem for him. And they found him in the temple. And it said that he was, everyone that was in the temple was fascinated. They were amazed at his answer to questions and the questions that he was asking. He was 
showing the high priest at age 12, he understood the first five books of the Bible. He was qualified to be selected as a rabbi, a trainee, from age 12 to age 18. I'm sorry, for 18 years, from age 12 to age 30. And at age 30, a rabbi would graduate. We don't have any information about anything in Jesus' life from age 12, from the time the Bible says he was amazing people in the temple, the leaders and authorities in the temple, with his answers and his questioning. From that age until age 30, the Bible says nothing about Jesus. It's because he is now being trained by a rabbi. What rabbi? What rabbi was teaching Jesus? We don't know. We do know his family had money, enough money they could hire the best I believe he was homeschooled. He wasn't out with this other group. He was being homeschooled, probably by a retired rabbi. You know, I'm just, this is from the book of Bob, all right? This is my thinking on it as I'm reading the scriptures. Amen? Now, to be selected to go to rabbi school... From age 12 to 18. That school is called Bet Talmud. The school of the disciple. Because you are now being discipled by your rabbi. Amen. So that's the training that a rabbi would go through. And at age 30, he was now graduated. And allowed to teach others the doctrines that he learned. So now you have a better understanding of what was happening with Jesus from age 12 to age 30. He was being discipled. Who was doing it? We don't know. The Bible does not say. But we know whoever it was, and it could have been a variety of people. Maybe this one taught on this subject, and they hired another one to teach on another subject, and another one to teach on another subject. Being ministered to by the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures, Jesus, over these 18 years, identified himself in the Scriptures, knowing the story of his background from his mother and father, the miraculous birth, you know, the saving of his life, the, you know, how we got this money, how our family became wealthy, supernatural provision from God. Jesus, understanding that, he began to identify himself in the scriptures. Amen. The Bible's clear on that. He knew this was his destiny. Amen. Average Christian doesn't even like reading the Old Testament. Oh, we're New Testament believers, Brother Bob. You know, Jesus, there was no New Testament. 
when Jesus was on the scene. He was living the New Testament by fulfilling the Old Testament. It's important for you to read and understand what is in the Old Testament because some people say the, the Old Testament is the New Testament hidden. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you have to understand both and how they correlate to each other. When you do that, then you get a firm grasp on the scriptures. Amen. But there was five stages to this rabbi school. I'm not going to go into all five levels. But if you fail at any one of the five stages, you wash out. That's why I think that Jesus' parents had five different rabbis that taught him how to be basically a Ph.D. in all five things, all five levels. And at the completion of the fifth, you're at age 30, and now you're ready to graduate. Now, there are two types of rabbis. The first are those who do not have something called Samika. If you don't have Samika, then you teach scripture just like your rabbi taught you. Your specialty may be in offerings. Your specialty may be in healings. Your specialty may be in praying for the widows and the orphans. Your specialty may be in the political atmosphere. Whatever your rabbi taught you is what you have permission and authority to teach. That's what you taught. You didn't teach something else. This is where the majority of the rabbis graduated too. That's the ordination ceremony, if you want to call it that, that they were ordained to teach. Just like you know, a PhD with uh, in marketing is not the same as a PhD medical doctor, and a PhD in psychiatry is not the same as a PhD in accounting. That's your specialty that you're supposed to focus on. Amen? That is what the majority of the rabbis had without Samika. And once every two or three or four generations, once every 100, 150 years or so, somebody special came along that had a grasp on all the things in the scripture. And this person, when he graduated from rabbi school, was given Samika. <clears throat> Samika was authority. I didn't go over this. Let's hold that thought. Whatever the rabbi's authority to teach was, whatever his ordination was, be it accounting or healing or politics, whatever the authority and ordination that was given to the general populace of the rabbis, as I explained, that's what they had authority to teach. That's who gave them their ordination to teach that subject to their disciples. The training, the, the discipleship, the 
doctrine that these rabbis were to teach was called, now get this, their yoke. Because that's what they were bound to. You can't teach outside of what you know, and this is what you know, this is what you are to teach. That kept that string of teaching down through the years from this rabbi teaching his disciples. This rabbi got it from his rabbi when he was a disciple, who got it from his rabbi when he was a disciple. And you can go all the way back until the first rabbi 150 years ago, 200 years ago, 400 years ago, received special authority to develop a new doctrine, a new yoke. You were yoked to that teaching. Amen. We misinterpret that term yoke, meaning you know what you put on a cow or a, a oxen to keep it under control. That term meant and symbolized that that's what that disciple was limited to was their doctrine the doctrine of his rabbi which is called a yoke all right that's well we'll get to this in a second go back now fast forward to where I was at where I said that Jesus or a, a rabbi every 150 years or so three or four generations was recognized as having such a total grasp on scripture that he was given special permission to create his own teaching his own doctrine his own yoke and that special authority was called Samika. So you had disciples that did not have Samika who were limited in what they could teach. Their yoke. And then you had this one special one who had Samika. Who had now the authority to create his own doctrine. Amen. He had authority with Samika. He had the authority to create his own yoke of teaching for his new disciples. Amen? Now you understand that. The rabbi's yoke was to be passed down from generation to generation. Remember the testimony of the Apostle Paul? Where he said that, you know, he was, he gave his background as part of his defense. I was raised Hebrew of Hebrews, you know. Uh, I was brought up in the teaching of Gamaliel. Now, he was like one of the best rabbis of that day. I was taught under his authority, under his yoke, under his doctrine, under his teaching. That's what he was trying to establish. This is where I was at. I had the best rabbi. Amen. But if you were that special rabbi, and you were given authority, Samika, then you could create your own doctrine, your own teaching, your own line of doctrine that would be carried on generation to generation to generation. Amen. What this did was establish you as a special rabbi with Samika, with authority. And it was so rare, word would soon spread, this rabbi has authority. 
But how did you get that authority? How did they know you were the one? Well, in that culture of that day, like I said, I'm laying the, the foundation for this. In the culture of that day, every time you had a different change of season in your life, from being single to being uh, betrothed or being you know, engaged, you were baptized to symbolize the old life is gone and now all things are new before you. When you got married, you were baptized again. You're no longer single. You're no longer engaged. You're now married and this new life is before you. A rabbi, as he went from you know, birth to age six and passed the first test being admitted into the elementary school of the book for the rabbis, he would be baptized. You're no longer a young kid. Now you're going to learn how to be a rabbi. At age 12, you graduated, you passed, and now you're selected. You'll be baptized by your rabbi. Your old self has now gone away. Everything before you now is new. At graduation at age 30, when a rabbi would graduate and be released to teach the doctrine, the yoke that he had been brought up with, he would be baptized. That you are no, your old life has now gone away. You are now a rabbi from this point forward. That was part of the culture of that day. You were baptized at every significant change in your life. So at age 30, now Jesus is ready to become a rabbi. Notice the people are already calling Jesus rabbi. Why? He's wearing a rabbi's clothes. Evident by when the woman that had the issue of blood said, if I could just touch his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, what's so special about the hem of his garment? He was wearing the garment of a rabbi with the tassels on the bottom. She said, if I could just get there and touch his garment, I'll be healed. She recognized him as a rabbi. A lot of the people that came to Jesus would say, Rabbi, why did you say this? Rabbi, why do you teach this? Rabbi, why do your disciples do this or don't do that? They recognized Jesus as a rabbi because he graduated from rabbi school. He had permission to be a rabbi. He had the garment of a rabbi. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.